0: guys what i'd like you to do is we're going to get back to john well we were just in john last week well we're going to get back on track with where we were in john so i i'd like for you to look at john chapter 11 john chapter 11 we're we're continuing in our study of john because we want to meet jesus and what i mean by that when we want to meet jesus is we want to intimately know him And what that means for our lives. And so today especially, this next portion of scripture, Jesus is going to be interacting with the sisters of Lazarus, Martha and Mary. And we're just going to focus on verses 17 through 37. And this is really going to be a very important section. A lot of times we'll read it, we kind of blow through it. Get me to where he raises Lazarus. But I kind of, we need to kind of ponder what's going on here because I think it's going to help you. I know it's helping me. Because sometimes we have wrong ideas in our mind about our relationship with God. It's kind of like, okay, so for me, I, I was mentioning this in Sunday school. Uh, it's been a long time ago, but it's kind of like being back in elementary school, middle school, junior high, high school, and, uh, you know, there's the principal. And uh, there were some years where I never even knew what his office looked like. When I got older and stupider, then I began to realize what his office looked like when I got sent there. And, uh, and so we kind of know he's there. He's kind of keeping watch over us. He's trying to make sure we get through school and everything. We sometimes have a concept that God's like that, like the principal, and we really don't need to go to the principal's office, right? Just need to know that he's there. And, and a lot of us, it, we've got that kind of concept about God. We, we know he loves us. We know he's forgiven us. He, we, know he, we know we're, we're his children. And, and we occasionally pray for him to take care of some things. But that's as far as it goes. And sometimes we get irritated with him. Okay? Uh, if you've not been irritated with God, come talk to me. Something's wrong, okay? Because it's normal for us to get irritated with God because we have in our mind this is the way things should be. But God doesn't do things the way we think He should do them sometimes. And so that irritates us. And through the years, I've met people who've been very angry with God, and so they've just decided to call it quits and left their faith. So because of that, we, we really, knowing that we've got, you know, you hear me talk about, we just prayed about, even before we prayed, I was sharing with you about this awesome relationship that we have, you might be here and you might be saying, yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying, George, yeah, the book that we just went through, Gentle and Lowly, that was really good, yeah, but I'm hesitant I'm hesitant to to try that, to put my toe in the water to see if I can go swim in it. So there's a couple things I want to point out to you here to help you to overcome that hesitancy, okay? So first thing, when we talk about relationships, here's what I need you to understand. Intimate relationships are marked by a sense of being real with each other. Intimate relationships are marked by a sense of being real with each other. Now, we understand that. We have, every one of us here has relationships on all different levels. We have superficial relationships, maybe at work or somewhere where we just kind of engage in conversation, but we don't really go deeper than that. And, and in some of those superficial relationships, you would never tell somebody what you're thinking. Okay? Okay? You would never go there. Because, I mean, yeah, you have a relationship, but that relationship isn't there. However, there are other relationships that you have that are more intimate, that are more relational. You're deep with each other, you're close together. And in those kind of relationships, you kind of tell them like it is you tell them how you're feeling. You tell them what's bothering you. You're not. There's, sometimes we don't put on a facade. I'll, I'll tell you, some of those relationships are with family, right? Because sometimes we will say things and do things with our family that we would never say or do with anybody else. Am I the only one that realizes that? We would never, because with family, they know us, we know them. We don't have to put on airs. So intimate relationships are marked by a sense of being real with each other. Now here's the problem. Yet, we struggle with being honest with God about our feelings. Now we understand that. And if we were to agree with one thing, we would say that the relationship with God is the most intimate relationship anybody can have. Would everybody agree with that? Yes. Because he knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows your feelings. He knows your thoughts. He knows... Stuff that you don't know, and he loves you, he cares for you, he's there for you, but yet we're hesitant. We struggle with being honest with him. And sometimes that struggle, that hesitancy, is because of what we gather from church culture, from church, being around other Christians. Where when you talk, you need to talk to God about certain things, but you don't need to talk to him about how you're feeling or how you're, or what you're wrestling with. You don't, you don't need to express to him your anger or what's bothering you because, you know, he's in control. His ways are higher than our ways, and we even spiritualize it. And so we get to this reality where we, we just have a hesitancy of being honest with God, being real with God. Now, where am I going with this? So when we get to our passage today in John, you're going to to be introduced to two ladies. One is Martha, the other is Mary. And they're going to be really real with Jesus. Because they just sent him a message. Remember at the beginning of chapter 11? They sent him a message and said, Lord, the one you love is sick. Meaning, Come Jesus, we need you to take care of the one you love. He loves you, you love him. Bring healing and guess what Jesus does? Ah, oh, we need to hang out here a couple more days. And then when they say, "Okay, let's go." Ah, oh, we can't go, Lord. Lazarus is dead. He delayed And so now, they sent a message for Jesus to come, hoping Jesus would take care of it. He's not showing up, and when he shows up, by that time, it's too late. He's been in the ground a few days. They're hurting. Rightfully so, right? They're grieving. And so when they interact with Jesus, they're real. So let's look at this together. It's going to be up on the screen. You can read along with me in your Bibles. We're going to look at verses 17 through 37. And I want you just to allow the passage to speak to you. And as you allow the passage to speak to you, watch how they interact with Jesus and watch how he interacts with them. And hopefully... It's going to talk to us about being open and honest with God. Okay? So look with me. Verse 17. So, when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two, two miles away. Many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Lord, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ the Son of God who has come into the world. And when she had said these things she went away and secretly called Mary her sister saying the teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with him her in the house and comforting her when they saw that mary rose up quickly went out and followed her saying she is going to the tomb to weep there then when mary came where jesus was and saw him she fell down at his feet saying lord if you had been here my brother would not have died Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying now here's what we're going to do folks we're going to talk about the reality And here's the reality here's where we're going to move with our discussion today this so i'm going to tell you where we're headed okay i want us through this passage to get to a place that we realize that in our personal lives when it comes to that relationship that you and i have with jesus You don't have to put on airs. You can just be open and honest. You can express to him what's going on in your life and what you're struggling with, what you're dealing with and that he allows you to do that because that's what we're going to see here in this passage. So let's, let me develop it for you. Let me, let me guide you there so that you can see what's going on And I'm hoping that you will realize that. And I'm hoping that it will change the way you approach God in your everyday lives. Okay, so let's first of all let's look at the women. Go look, see that in verses 17 and 32. Two women, Mary and Martha. First thing I want you to notice is this they did not hesitate to question Jesus about not being there. They didn't hesitate. Look with me, they both say the same thing. Verse 21. Martha says, Verse 21, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Go with me over in the text to verse 32 now. Here's what Mary says. Then, when Mary came there where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. They didn't hesitate. It didn't enter into their mind. Because sometimes it enters into our, our minds. We, we're crushed by what's going on in our lives. We're crushed by the crises that we're facing. <clears throat> and, and, and then when it comes to our prayer time where we want to go to God and we want to seek an answer from him, we, we want him to take care of our situation. But somehow we enter into this mindset, oh, wait a minute, I'm going to God, so we have to change we got to put on our church appearance or our church act about approaching him. When in reality, we're a mess. The feelings are raw within us. They're, they're, we're like, God, where were you? Why weren't you here? Didn't you see what was happening? I wasn't prepared for this. I mean those are the real things going on, but when we talk to the Lord, Lord, your your will be done. Isn't that how we approach God sometimes? But that's not what they did. They just said, Lord, if you had been here, it wouldn't have happened. Mary, it's a little bit more, she throws herself down at his feet, the text tells you. Lord, if you had been here, don't we ask those questions? But think about it, a lot of times we don't express them to him, do we? We think about it to ourselves, but during prayer time, we don't get honest with him. And and listen, can I be honest with you? He isn't going to look at you differently. Here's the second thing I want you to see here. They understood the truths. Jesus is affirming her. I'll notice something. When Jesus talks to her, he doesn't rebuke her and say, wait a minute, what's your deal? Hold on. Don't you remember who I am? That's not in the text, is it? That's not how we approach it. He gives her hope. He's expressing truth, and and they express it back to him. Look, look at me. They're affirming truth as they go along. Look at verse twenty-two first of all. Verse twenty-two. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Martha says. Look now at verse twenty-four. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Another truth that she believes. Look with me now at verse 27. And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who has come into the world. What's going on here? Look, they know the truths, okay? They they have watched him. They have seen him. They know what he can do. They know the scripture. They know that... Yes, ultimately Lazarus will be raised up. Yes, you are the son of God. Yes, we're trusting in you. You can do anything you want to do. They know the truths. But simply knowing the truths doesn't help you to deal with the raw feelings, does it? Because sometimes you've got to express the raw feelings. And talk to to God and say, yeah, I know, Lord, but this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm wrestling with. Man, notice all along the way, he lets them. He lets them. Be honest. So what does Jesus do with this? Jesus affirms their honesty and faith. He affirms it. He affirms what they believe. Yes, this is, I am the resurrection and the life. And he affirms their honesty. How does he affirm it? He lets them express it. This is what we see in this passage. Some of you need to realize here, here. Some of you, some of you, I think you need to take your relationship with God to another level, deeper, to move beyond. Just simply knowing facts about the relationship with God, knowing facts about the salvation we have through Him, knowing facts, and allow it to permeate your life to the reality that I have a relationship with Him, and when I hurt, He wants to hear me. And even though, because here's here's how it is with humans, right? You know what I? You know I've been married to Lori. It'll be it'll be twenty nine years in in June, and. Uh, but yet there are times I know she loves me and she cares for me and uh, wants what's best for me and she knows me, but yet she doesn't know me. She doesn't know exactly how I'm feeling. She'll try and know. Do you know what I'm saying? We'll, We'll do that for each other, right? We'll try to understand the pain and the hurt that the loved one is going through but the reality is she, she doesn't completely know. But see, the difference is, is God does. And he, and he knows that when we're in the crisis, we, you have a human tendency that needs to be expressed, and that is you've got to talk to somebody. You've got to express the rawness of it to him And he allows you to do that. All the while affirming your faith. So some of you need to do that. But you say, okay, but yeah, George, I'm still hesitant. I'm not sure. Well, I think it's because, can I tell you why? It's because we don't truly understand Jesus. Jesus. We don't truly understand the one who allows us to come to him and to be real with him. So this is where the text is going to show us some things, and it's about sharing in the pain. Because one of the first things we always say, God, do you know what I'm going through? Isn't that what we say? Do you know how I'm feeling? Yeah, well, watch what the text tells you, okay? Look with me verse 33 to 37 and then we're going to take it point by point here I want you to see here's verse 33 therefore when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping he groaned in his spirit and was troubled and he said where have you laid him and they said to him Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. Every time I read this passage, I'm a little perplexed, okay? Because it is very evident from these verses that when you read them, Jesus is emotionally moved by what's going on. Would you agree with that? Jesus is emotionally moved by the death of his friend. He's emotionally moved by everybody else around him, weeping and mourning. He's emotionally moved by that. And this is what perplexes me, because Jesus, while he's being emotionally moved by everything that's going on, knows that in just a few short moments, he's going to be raising Lazarus, calling him up out of the grave. What's going on here? Why is Jesus being this way? He knows he's going to say, Lazarus, come forth. And then I realize what John's doing. And this is what you and I need to realize. Is that God is not just a man upstairs. He's not just the principal in some office. He shares in our pain. He shares with you in your grief. He shares with you in your defeat. He shares with you in how you're feeling and and the things that are going on emotionally within you. He groans with you. He weeps with you. He cares. How How do you know that, George? Well, here's three things. Notice with me. First of all, Jesus is not indifferent to their plight. He's not indifferent. You know what indifference is. Indifference is, oh, you heard about so-and-so, they had an accident. Oh, yeah, well, whatever. What, how are the Steelers doing today? That's indifference. You don't care about anything else. And sometimes we get a concept of God that he's indifferent to what's going on in our lives. No, 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 he's not indifferent. He wasn't indifferent with them. He knows he's going to raise up Lazarus, but he's looking at the grief around him, and it moves him. It moves him to the point that he weeps. Listen, if you are a child of God, you should never get to the place where you wonder if God knows what's going on with you. Listen, folks, he knows exactly what's going on with you. He knows exactly how you're feeling. He knows you're hurting, and he hurts with you. That's reality. He hurts with you. He's grieving with you. Here's the second thing. Jesus is affected by our pain and anguish. He's not just indifferent. He's affected by it. He looked at them, and the scripture says, and he groaned in his spirit. The groaning there is not a groaning of, oh, can you believe these people? That's not what he's doing here. It's like, oh, he's feeling for them. I can, I can kind of relate to that sometimes because, you know, I think I'm pretty tough about a lot of things in life, except needles. Every six months, I got to go give blood so my doctor knows what's going on with my health, and I just groan when I have to do that. But I don't just groan when I have to do that. I groan when you come and tell me about what's going on with you, and you describe to me, oh, I went, and this is what they did. I'm like, and my skin is crawling. I'm, I'm like, oh, I can't believe you're. Don't stop, don't tell me that. You know what I'm saying? I'm joining in your pain with you. But Jesus does more than just that craziness that I do when you have a needle, because I hate needles. He joins in the pain of what you're going through. Some of you just need to hear that. you're not alone why do we think that he knows exactly what you're going through he feels with you and so that brings me to the point his love draws him into our pain even when it seems he can do nothing because notice what they said in verse 37 this is interesting So the people are like, wow, he must have loved him. Then some of them in the crowd said this, verse 37. And some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept him from dying? Wow, he really loved him. Yeah, he really loves us. Even when you have been praying and asking God, Take care of this problem. but he doesn't do something. His inaction doesn't mean his love has changed. Did you understand what I'm saying? You may need to write that down. His inaction doesn't mean his love has changed. He still loves you. He's still there with you. He's still hurting for you. But simply because he didn't do something that you were asking doesn't mean that he changed towards you. No, no, that's not true. All right, so I told you that as we were going through this, that what we're trying to do is to, I'm trying to do through this passage, instead of just rushing over it and getting to Lazarus being raised up, I'm trying to get you to a place of where you see that in your relationship with Jesus, it needs to be marked by being open and honest with him. Open and honest. Now, what do you mean by that, George? Well... Hey, listen, I know sometimes we'll ask people, how's it going? Super, fantastic. If there were two of me, the world would be whatever. You know, that, that's just, come on, okay? Let's be real. Nobody has a week like that. For long. The real world is different. The real world is harsh, And stuff happens. Stuff happens in a lot of different ways. Stuff happens because we create the problems. Number two, the problems come looking for us. And number three, we just stumble into them. And that's life. But as those things happen, it throws us for a loop. You know, I was, I was talking to, so uh, I think it was a year or so ago, I was talking to some guys and they were asking about pastoring, it was a young pastor or whatever, and I, and I was trying to explain to him that as you get older as a pastor, you develop the skin of a rhinoceros. Because when I was younger, I was pretty thin-skinned, meaning anything somebody said to me would hurt me. Eh, it still hurts, but... I've gotten to where the, thin is, the skin is a little bit thicker with life. And that's what happens with everybody. That happens with you at work. That happens, period, with people, right? You, you develop a thick skin when you get older. And you try to impart wisdom to young ones and say, oh, just let it go. Well, they can't. It's like, oh, no, just let it go. No, they can't because it's real to them. Well, let's be honest. We were told the same thing. We didn't listen either. And we have to go through that process. Why? Because we've got to develop a thick skin, right, in life? All right. Where am I going with that? As we face what we're facing, you have to develop your relationship to such a way that when stuff does happen, You can go to God and you can express to Him exactly how you're feeling and know that He understands and that He cares for you and loves you. In fact, He wants you to be honest. That's what makes the relationship more meaningful. And that's what I'm hoping for us, for you and for myself. Is that as we face our life and as we live it for Him, that our relationship with Jesus would so deepen so that when something does happen and we cry out for our loved ones, I've done this. God, don't let them die. And those moments are raw. It's totally appropriate to do that with God. And that's what's so wonderful about the relationship with Jesus. You can be real with Him, you can be open and honest. And it won't change the relationship but it will change you. Let me pray for you.